It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Tuesday in this week of no sports. Welcome into Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It's Tuesday, July 19th. You know there's nothing going on when the ESPYs are tomorrow night. Because you can't get all of these athletes to the ESPYs if they're actually playing in games or tournaments that matter. All-star baseball game tonight. No baseball yesterday except for the home run derby. I have to talk about it because there's nothing else to talk about. It was great, by the way. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Please call me or send me your text. I got an hour to fill here. It is the Thornton's text line. Don't forget, Summer Cash Bash is underway at Thornton's each week. One lucky refreshing rewards member wins $10,000. That happens all summer long with the grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, and you are entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many more at Thornton's using your Refreshing Rewards car. That is Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's REWARDS to 80313. And hit me up on the Thornton Stex line, 502-414-1450. Conference realignment, that story's not going anywhere. Of course, SEC media days are underway. Alabama, Vanderbilt took the podium uh, earlier today. Uh, I'm not sure who we've got at the dais, as they say, now. Uh, Let me look. South Carolina, Mississippi State at 1 o'clock. South Carolina at 225 with Shane Beamer. Mike Leach, Mississippi State, 1 o'clock. Tomorrow will be Kentucky's turn. Here's the lineup tomorrow. Arkansas, 9.05 a.m. Georgia, 10.30 a.m. Florida at 1 o'clock. And then Kentucky, 225. And you can watch all of that on the SEC Network um, if you are a crazy football fan. And they are out there. Uh, Saw some people dressed up like they were going to an Alabama football game today. Uh, who tailgates SEC media days? Look, I'm in. I'm always in for good barbecue and adult beverage, but uh, it seems crazy. With the SEC media days and with what's going on in college football conference realignment today, there are more rumors. Now, there's a one certain national radio show that I trust. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but I trust the host to not be just giving me headlines that are going to move the needle. Things that, you know, whenever somebody's going to be traded in the NBA, they're going to the Lakers or the Knicks. If they're going to be traded in baseball, they're going to the Yankees or the Dodgers. That's just media drivel. Dribble. Is it dribble or dribble? Dribble, right, Jim? Dribble. With a V. With a V. Dribble. Yeah. Yeah. I need my vocabulary coach here. But if you're talking NBA, you could say dribble. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) But it's all media dribble. Because they want clicks. They want people to listen. So there's one show I trust. And that show gave me some good stuff today. Because I hadn't considered that anybody from the ACC 
would be interested in going to the Big Ten, at least not any of the Southern schools. Syracuse, sure, they're up there with Rutgers. They're in the area, the New York metropolitan area anyway. Well, they're um, not. They're out of city New York. They're, Syracuse is not really that close to NYC. But Syracuse, I would understand. Pittsburgh, I would understand in the Big Ten Conference, right? But today, I'm listening and I hear the North Carolina schools, Carolina, Duke, and NC State. No mention, by the way, of Wake Forest. Sorry. Sorry, Demon Deacons. Going to maybe the Big Ten, question mark. And it all comes down to what Notre Dame does. Notre Dame wants $75 million from NBC to continue their television deal and continue to be an independent. NBC is in negotiations to be part of the next Big Ten contract. Put the pieces together. NBC is probably not going to pay Notre Dame $75 million to just do every other Notre Dame game, every home Notre Dame game. And if they're an independent, who are they going to be playing anyway? They're not going to pay them $75 million. NBC would rather get that Big Ten network agreement. And you know what, Notre Dame? Jump into the Big Ten, and you're going to share in a huge monetary pie. Notre Dame is the next domino that's going to fall. Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. Other schools will likely end up in the Big Ten. Other schools will likely end up in the SEC. But until Notre Dame decides what they're going to do, none of that's going to happen. The ACC is starting to look like a conference that's on life support. It really is. It's a basketball-first conference anyway when you take out Clemson, Florida State, and Miami. It's a basketball conference anyway. Louisville, Georgia Tech, Carolina, Duke, NC State, Syracuse, Pitt, these are basketball schools. Yes, they have football programs, and some of them have football programs that make more money than their basketball programs, but it's still a basketball conference. If you lose Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, it is hugely a basketball conference. And now we're talking about North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, except for Wake Forest, heading to the Big Ten. And I believe this talk show host that I listen to quite often, national talk show host, and he's usually got pretty good sources. I am going to talk about the All-Star Game. I am going to talk about the Home Run Derby. I am going to talk about Live Golf taking David Faraday and now maybe, wait for it, Charles Barkley to be an analyst. Yikes. Uh, I didn't. I forgot to pick my home run derby winner. Full disclosure, it was going to be Kyle Schwarber. He got beaten in the first round by 42-year-old Albert Pujols. That's not good. Did he throw it? Odds, the, you know, There's talk that Schwarber just kind of said, I'm just going to hit as many home runs as it takes to lose to Albert Pujols by one, and that's what he did. Uh, it, it would be great if he did that. It, it's like uh, Brett Favre when he took the Michael Strahan sack to allow Strahan to get the sack record. Remember that? Or uh, Mickey Mantle's 500th home run. I forget who the pitcher was. Really, a Hall of Fame pitcher threw him a meatball. It was late in Mickey's career. Said, here you go. Hit a home run. You need, you need, your, you need your 500th home run. 
That would be equivalent if that's what Kyle Schwarber did. Now, as I watched, I certainly didn't think Schwarber was not trying to hit home runs. He was. But it was fun last night. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, 21 years old, was the winner. It was He was incredible. Or he, he lost on Juan Soto in the final, excuse me. 23-year-old Soto beats 21-year-old Rodriguez. Rodriguez was by far the best home run hitter in the first two rounds. He just couldn't keep it going in that third round. But it was fun. And also, I forgot to give you homework last night. You know, sometimes in this class, I like to give you homework. And the captain, the first episode of The Captain was on last night after the All-Star game, or after the Home Run Derby. Here's what ESPN did wrong last night. The Home Run Derby was scheduled on ESPN from 8 to 10. First episode of the seven-part documentary series, The Captain, about Derek Jeter and his career, was scheduled at 10 o'clock. Everybody knows the Home Run Derby goes almost three hours, if not longer, every year. This is horrible scheduling. The alternative, I guess, was to start the captain on a different day. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to take advantage of the All-Star break and follow up the Home Run Derby with this show. The other option was to move the Home Run Derby to 7 o'clock Eastern time, which would have been 4 in the afternoon, bad shadows on the field, hard to hit home runs in Dodger Stadium at 4 p.m. Los Angeles time. So they didn't want to do that. Instead, they promoted this wonderful new documentary series from the same people that brought you the Michael Jordan The Last Dance docuseries and said 10 o'clock, Tuesday night, right after the Home Run Derby. It started at 10.55, or 10.52, I think, officially, as I was watching the clock. Because I wanted to watch this thing, and I meant to tell you, listeners, this is your homework. Watch the captain. Now, if you got to work today, sorry, it got off later than I thought. Here's the good part. Here's the good news. Part two is tomorrow night, Thursday, 8 o'clock. Part one will be rerun at 7 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN, all right? Or if you have ESPN Plus, you can go watch it right now on ESPN Plus. It was fantastic, and I'm going to talk about it more a little bit later. Uh, MLB playoff do-overs, I'll give you those. (laughs) I had the Angels in the World Series. It's time for a do-over. Do this every year. You reach the All-Star break. You look back at your preseason picks. Mine were not awful. Actually, pretty good right now, but that Angels to the World Series, that one's going to haunt me. Um, So back to college football. Sources yesterday afternoon decided to tell us that the Big 12 and Pac-12, who were discussing a partnership, a merger, if you will, without using the word merger, not going to happen. They couldn't come to monetary agreements. They couldn't come to TV rights agreements. There wasn't going to be enough money in the in the pot for all the schools, so they decided this is not going to happen. Kirk Herbstreit, who knows a lot about this stuff, ESPN analyst, has said recently that there will be three super conferences: the SEC will be one, the Big Ten will be one, and there will be another one. We don't know who it's going to be. Presumably at this point, with all the rumors and uh, all the conjecture, presumably it's going to be the Big 12. It's going to be the Big 12. The Big 12 has still got four teams coming in, including Cincinnati and Houston. Houston's a great market to have, by the way. 
They've got Texas Tech. They've got Baylor. They've got Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. Um, I know I'm forgetting some, but Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They are going to add, allegedly, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado from the Pac-12. So that's four more teams gone from the Pac-12. Add those to UCLA and USC. So the Big 12 right now looks like the the conference that will end up being the third super conference. Uh, It'll be the third of the three super conferences because the Big 10 and the SEC are going to be 1 and 1A, especially if Notre Dame goes to the Big 10. But today, what I heard on this national radio show was that the Big 10, after Notre Dame gets in there, and even if they don't, even if NBC decides to pay them at least part of that $75 million they want. They decide to stay in independent. They're still going to play Army. They're still going to play Navy. They'll still play Boston College every year. All right, maybe the Big Ten lets USC play Notre Dame. Maybe they don't, by the way. Uh, maybe the Big Ten lets Michigan play Notre Dame. Whatever. Notre Dame and Ohio State open the season this this year against each other. We'll see how long that lasts. Whichever way Notre Dame goes, the news that I heard today is that the Big Ten is going to add the three North Carolina schools. North Carolina, Duke, and North Carolina State. Now, football, it's a who cares scenario. And Syracuse, by the way, would be the fourth in that. And the other ACC school they would add would be Syracuse. Syracuse makes sense. Northeastern school Close to Rutgers, fairly close to Penn State, I guess. You know, it makes sense. Those Carolina schools don't make sense. And the national host said, have you ever played the game of risk? This is a great analogy where you try to take over countries and the end result for you is world domination. (laughs) That's what the SEC seems like they're doing. They want world domination. The SEC to counter what the Big Ten is going to do, and I've already talked about this move, is going to eventually say Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, come on down. They're going to say that. That's going to happen. Even though Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, in his opening statement yesterday said, "Uh, we're fine where we're at. Okay, everybody's fine where they're at. Doesn't mean they don't want more. Doesn't mean they don't want more money. Doesn't mean they don't want more teams in the conference. So Florida State, Clemson, Miami, the SEC, I think that's a, there's a really good chance that's eventually going to happen, and maybe sooner than later. But here's, here's what has to happen if you're a Louisville fan. The SEC, in this game of risk, wants to take all these states. They want South Carolina. So they got South Carolina. They want to get Clemson. They want the state of Florida. They've got Florida. They want to get Florida State, Miami, and, by the way, Central Florida. Throw them in the mix. They want the state of Georgia. Who do they have to get? Georgia Tech. They've already got the Georgia Bulldogs. They've got both Alabama schools. They've got both Mississippi schools. They've got LSU from Louisiana. They've got Arkansas. They've got Missouri. They've got both schools in Tennessee. They don't care about Memphis. They've got Tennessee, and they've got Vanderbilt. And they want both schools in Kentucky. 
Kentucky and Louisville. This is down the road in a 20-team Southeastern Conference. I'm going to have to do the math at the break. That sounds like more than 20 to me. They've got 14 already. They're adding Texas and Oklahoma. If they had Florida State, Clemson, Miami, that only leaves room for one more school. Is it Georgia Tech? Is it Louisville? Or do you go 21? That's a good question. Herb Street says there will be three 20-team conferences or thereabouts. So 60 teams, Division I schools, 1A football schools. There are hundred over 120, by the way, right now. 60 will com- comprise the big three conferences. Got a long way to go here with it, but I think it's going to happen quickly. It's all about the Fighting Irish. Brian Kelly said yesterday when he was asked at his LSU SEC Media Day press conference, he was asked about Notre Dame, what he thought they should do. He said they're going to do whatever they think is in the best interest of Notre Dame. And number two is they will not rush to do it. They will take their time. The athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, is too smart. The Irish will take their time, and they will make the best decision for Notre Dame. Whether it's staying independent, hopefully get that contract from NBC, or go to the Big Ten. There's even been talk of them going to the SEC. I can't see that as being uh, a move that Notre Dame would make, but you never know. That's what's beauty about the beauty about this. Did anybody see UCLA and USC to the Big Ten? Did anybody see Oklahoma and Texas before it happened? All of a sudden saying, hey, we're going to the SEC. No. Has anybody thought about the three Carolina schools, the big ones, going to the Big Ten of all places? No. But the Big Ten apparently wants those three, along with Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse. It's uh, it's fluid. We don't know what's going to happen from day to day. All right. Home Run Derby was great last night. We'll talk about that. Live Golf is chasing announcers now. We'll talk about that as well. And the captain, part one last night, the Derek Jeter documentary, the story of the hardships of Jeter. All that more, you're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your text into the show on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. At least it was when I got out of the car. Things change in the Ohio Valley. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's supposed to be a nice week. Get your Shady Rays. Get them now, ShadyRays.com. Let me tell you about them. They're an independent American-owned company started in Kentucky, changing the way you wear sunglasses. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, performance without the big brand price tag. I've got three pairs myself. It doesn't stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane eyewear warranty in the history, I guess, of eyewear warranties. I don't know there was a history of eyewear warranties, but I guess there is. Lost and broken replacements Free of charge. You lose them, 
You break them, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter what you were not supposed to be doing that you were doing to break your Shady Rays. They will replace them for free. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. You can try them out, see what they're all about. Use the code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That's ShadyRays.com. Phoenix Hill Richard just texted me. I'm wearing my Shady Rays right now. He's probably on his bicycle in the Audubon Park area, just riding around. Got his Shady Rays on. I can picture it. It's not a pretty sight. All right, some news and notes. Kentucky basketball has announced their their Bahamas. I know I took a picture of this. Where in the world is it? (laughs) I love my new. I got a new phone two weeks ago. First of all, there's no little button you can push. You just got to swipe it. Oh, new, it's the one of the fancy ones. There's no home button on it. There's no home button. You know, my kids and wife it's make fun of me. It's killing me, Jim. It's killing me. Yeah, my daughter were like, what, yeah. do you, what do you need a home button for? Well, I like the home button. Yeah, it's convenient. <sighs> I hate changing phones. It's an iPhone 8, and they're like on the I, 12. I went from an 8 to the 13 here. Yeah. And it's, uh, all right, I love my phone, but I'm not happy about the change. I have fear change. <laughs> all right, August 10th, that's a Wednesday. Kentucky in the Bahamar Hoops uh, tournament down in the Bahamas will take on the Dominican Republic under-22 national team. That's a 7 o'clock game. Uh, I'm assuming, yeah, these are all going to be on the SEC network. August 10th, that's a Wednesday, 7 o'clock. The next day, Thursday, August 7th, the Monterey Tech team from Mexico, 7 o'clock as well. Then Saturday, the 13th of August, they'll play Carleton University. That's a Canadian school. 6 o'clock in the evening, and then a noon start on August 14th, Sunday, against the Bahamas national team. That is the schedule set up for U.K. basketball in the Bahamas. It's less than a month away, folks. So uh, I know the last time they went, you know, okay, it's fun, it's great. Nobody really cares. Nobody cares except crazy big blue nation. They care. And uh, I guess I'll have to watch at least a couple of those games. I'm ready for football, by the way. Major League Baseball All-Star Game, the only thing that does for me, I'm ready for football. Um, All right, Live Golf. Let's talk a little Live Golf quickly, get this out of the way. David Faherty, who's been with NBC and uh, Golf Channel since 2015, announced, uh, well, he hasn't announced it. It's just been reported now that he is going to leave NBC and Golf Channel and go be part of the Live Golf um, announcing crew. He will be an analyst. Uh, Live Golf, if you haven't seen it, you, and you got to search to find it. Now, again, Jim, old guys like us, If I, I just want to turn my TV on. There it is. Yeah. I don't want to search for things on the internet. To get some even, kind of stream. Even on my and, TV, yeah. which I've got streaming. I've got YouTube on my, on my, uh, the app on my television. Mm-hmm. It's easy to find, but old people like me, I think if you're 40 or older, you don't yeah. want to go through this, right? It's, it's a pain in the neck. Big three or one of the ESPNs. Exactly. And, you know, then, then I'm done. I, remember, I know I, what number to go to. I longingly remember a day when it was ABC, NBC, CBS, and, and then Fox came along, mm-hmm. and then we got cable, mm-hmm. and we had about 30 channels, and it was fun. 
<sighs> but anyway, you can go to YouTube right now or the Live Golf website to watch uh, these tournaments. The next one, by the way, is a couple weeks away. Trump's place uh, up in, um, is it New Jersey? I think it's up in New Jersey. I've got it right here, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Um, so David Faraday, leaving NBC, expected to join the uh, Breakaway Tours and analysts for eight to ten tournaments annually. This was reported Monday by the New York Post. Uh, and again, remember, he's got a show where he interviews not only golfers, but uh, celebrities, personalities, other athletes. Um, he's had Condoleezza Rice on. He's had uh, uh, Tom Brady on. He, he just has this. It's a great show. Just a one-hour show. I guess there aren't going to be any more episodes on the Golf Channel. Uh, the third event of the Live Golf Tour will be held later this month, a couple weeks away, at the Trump National Golf Club Bedminster in New Jersey. Uh, Arlo White has been the host announcer for both of the Live tournaments uh, so far. He was the longtime lead Premier League play-by-play commentator for NBC, but he left for Live earlier this year. Here's the interesting one. Tomorrow, Charles Barkley, tomorrow evening, is meeting with the Live Tour uh, about a media role. It doesn't say announcing role. It says media role. I don't know what that means. I don't know what they're going to offer Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley makes somewhere between 7 and $10 million annually on TNT uh, inside the NBA. He also has endorsements with Subway. He does commercials for Capital One. Those are hilarious commercials with Samuel L. Jackson and Spike Lee. Uh, you wonder about those endorsements if he does decide to go to the Live Golf Tour in a media capacity. Would that make me watch Live Golf? You know what? It actually might. Because Barkley, he's the best thing in, that media has going. He really is. Television media. He's the best. He's a great analyst. Inside the NBA on TNT is a must-watch with Ernie Johnson, Charles, Shaq, and uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. I don't miss it. If I'm watching an NBA game and it's on at halftime or it's on after the game, if I'm not too tired, I'm watching inside the NBA till 1 o'clock in the morning because it's great. It's fun. It's informative. Uh, it's lighthearted most of the time, and it is fantastic show. And it's because of Charles Barkley. Charles was there long before Shaq. Charles Barkley has done some other things with TNT. When they have those uh, celebrity golf matches, he's always involved. Um, he does NCAA tournament basketball analysis from the studio as well. Sweet uh, uh, March Madness. He and Kenny Smith move over from the NBA into the, into the college uh, scenario and into the studio. And he's fantastic. But what's it going to take for the Live Golf Tour to get Charles Barkley to leave TNT? Charles Barkley has said he's only got a couple more years left at TNT. He doesn't like watching basketball, as silly as that may sound. He's a great analyst. He's very funny. He's very opinionated. He'll tell you what's on his mind, and people love to hear that. They don't want to hear the same old analysis. They want to hear the truth, and Charles Barkley will give them the truth. But he only wants to do it for a couple of more years. And it's 7 to $10 million a year. Let's just say Barkley makes $10 million a year at TNT. And let's just say he makes $10 million a year in his endorsements. What if the Live Golf says, we'll give you twice that. We're going to give you $40 million. Guaranteed. Come over here for two years. 
We'll give you $50 million. Come over here for two years. You're going to be part of our media team, eight to ten tournaments a year. That's it. I mean, that's ten weekends a year. Three-day weekends, by the way. What's he going to do? And will I watch if Charles Barkley and David Ferretti are calling the golf? I think I might. I think I will go to those links that I don't like to go to. By the way, it's turning on the TV, getting the right input, clicking on YouTube, and clicking on Live Golf. It really is a less than a five-step process. But I'll call one of my daughters over. They'll help me out with it. You know, I'll, We'll figure it out. Am I going to watch? I think I would. Just to hear Barkley. Faraday, maybe, maybe not. I like David Faraday. I don't know if I'm, I'm tuning in just for David Faraday. But for Faraday and Barkley, who are on YouTube, where they can say whatever they want, basically, yeah, I might. And the other question here is, who are the next golfers that are going to go? And will that be enough for a network, not necessarily one of the big four, but a network to say, you know what? They got Faraday. They got Barkley. We'll televise it. Live Golf's going to pay them to televise it. They're not going to have to buy the rights from Live Golf. That's We talked about it yesterday. Oil money never runs out. Live Golf, the Saudi-backed Live Golf will pay them. I don't know where the money's coming from. Saudi-backed is sort of generic. It's blood money. It is. Let's not sugarcoat it. That's what it is. That's what all these golfers are getting. But what if TBS and TNT, and by the way, TBS and TNT do have a partnership with the PGA Tour. They, they show a lot of the PGA Championship. Keep that in mind. They also do the November Skins games. They do three or four different events throughout the year, including the PGA Championship. What if TBS, Turner Sports, TNT decide, you know what? We're going to take some of that blood money. Charles? You can still be on Inside the NBA. Now you'll be on golf as well. And we get David Faraday. And we've got Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, and whoever else decides to join this live tour. The more popular names that you get, that Greg Norman gets to join that tour, the bigger chance that some network in the United States picks it up and puts it on, their, on the television channel, where I don't have to search. I can turn my TV on and click on TNT. That's a two-step process. Four steps might be too much for my brain. That's a two-step process. Somebody eventually is going to pick this up. Maybe not this year. There are only six tournaments left this season. But next year, all bets are off. The PGA has got to be shaking in their boots right now. The rumor yesterday, a day after the Open Championship was decided, was that the winner, Cameron Smith, was going to go to the Live Tour. He just was waiting to announce it. He wants to bask in his championship. He's got a lot of media um, media things he has to go through after winning the Open Championship, and he doesn't want that to get in the way of his media responsibilities. He's just waiting to announce it. That's the rumor. So now you'd have another major championship winner defecting, along with DeChambeau, Kepka, Johnson, Mickelson, who've all won majors. Louis Oosthuizen, he's won a major. Charles Schwartzel won a Masters. Sergio's won a Masters. All these guys 
former major champions are now live golf members. And the best golf announcer, David Faherty, and I think he's the best, he's never going to replace Paul Azinger in the booth. He is an on-the-course reporter with NBC, right? He was down on the course, had his headset on, had his had his uh, microphone following groups around. He's not sitting up in a tower like Zinger. I'm not a big Paul Azinger fan, but Paul Azinger is not going anywhere anytime soon. So Faraday's not moving up to the booth. This gives him the opportunity to move up to the booth in the Live Golf Series. And, by the way, take home a sizable paycheck. Said this when this Phil Mickelson was the first one to join. I said this is all about the money. Phil got $200 million to join the Live Golf Tour at 51 years old, by the way. This is all about the money. Faraday, it's all about the money. Would he still stay on the course and do that for this money? Yes, whatever it is. It'll be announced soon enough. We'll know soon enough exactly what he got. We'll know soon enough exactly what Barkley was offered. We know Tiger was offered at least half a billion dollars. We know Jack Nicklaus was offered half a billion dollars to be a face of the of this tour. Turned it down. Tiger turned it down. You know McElroy. You know Justin Thomas. You know Billy Horschel. These guys have all been offered something. They all turned it down. It's hard to turn down that kind of money. And we'll see what Barkley does uh, tomorrow night. Or we'll know what Barkley does sometime after tomorrow night. I hope he stays on TNT. I hope whatever he does, they don't lose him on the Inside the NBA show because that is great television. I will right, we'll take a break. I promise some uh, home run derby thoughts. We'll have those after this timeout. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage Highline open, 384-1450, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Summer, summer cash bash going on at Thornton's each week. One lucky refreshing rewards member will win $10,000. Grand prize at the end of the summer is a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your refreshing rewards app, click on the summer cash bash icon, and you are entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, hot dogs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, many more using your refreshing rewards card. That's Thornton Summer Cash Bash. Not a th- Ready, take two. Three, two, one. Not a refreshing rewards member? Text rewards to 80313. That's rewards to 80313. This is not a live show, is it, Jim? No, I mean, no. You, can we'll, cu- you we'll, cut that out. We'll right? take care of this in post, yeah. Right. That's that's good to know. Wow. <sighs> I stayed up too late watching the captain last night. That's about it. Maybe I was drinking some captain as well. I don't remember. That's not a good sign. Uh, MLB All-Star break is uh, it's a lot of fun. It really is. That was fun. Wa- a fun watch. It was a quick three-hour watch last night. It's supposed to be a two-hour watch. 
But the home run derby was great. Julio Rodriguez sort of came onto the scene. You may not have heard of him before last night. He is a center fielder for the Seattle Mariners. He is a rookie. He is a genuine rookie. Uh, I remember at the end of spring training, there was a video where the manager, Scott Service, called Rodriguez into his office. And I guess there was a hidden camera. They were videoing it. And Rodriguez went in there expecting to be sent to the minors for at least to begin the year. He's 21 years old. And Scott Service said, uh, "I need. we need you to come in here. I, n- I need you to call your mother. And the look of concern on the young center fielder's face was genuine. What's wrong? What ha- What happened? Why do I need to call my mother? Well, Scott Service said, you need to tell her that you're, you're a major leaguer. It was, and he, he just lost it. He, he cried. They had his mother on the phone. It was fantastic. It was a, it was a tissue moment. It really was. And he has not disappointed. He is a great young player. He hit 32 home runs in the first round. That's three minutes plus one minute of additional time because you hit a couple over 440 feet. He had 32. That had only happened three other times in the home run derby, 30 or more in uh, one session. In the second session, he hit 31. So he did it again. Corey Seager of the Rangers, former Dodger in Dodger Stadium, got a great ovation. He hit 24 in the first round and got eliminated by Rodriguez. He had the second most home runs in the first round, but he had what they call a bad matchup. Because Julio Rodriguez was incredible. Now, Juan Soto had the best draw, as it turned out. He beat Jose Ramirez 18-17 to in the first round. He didn't take any of his additional time, so he got a little rest. He didn't need it because he hit 18 homers in the first three minutes. And Ramirez had already finished up with 17. The second round, he got Albert Pujols instead of Kyle Schwarber. Pujols, uh, the eight seed, upset Schwarber in the first round. And I said this yesterday, Albert's going to be tired. And when he beat Schwarber, actually they tied in the first round 13-all, and they had to go to a one-minute home run off, I guess you'd call it. Pujols looked like he didn't even want to get back up there. Oh, I'm tired. I'm 42 years old. But he beat Schwarber 7-6 in the one-minute sudden death, I guess you'd call it. So Soto... Only had to hit 18 in the first round. He only had to hit 16 to beat Pujols in the second round. He did those two things with ease. And then he beat Rodriguez 19-18 to 18 in the final round. The key to Juan Soto was he got to go second in all three of his matchups. So he knew what he had to do. He could take his time against Ramirez because he knew he only needed 18 home runs in basically four minutes. He got him in three minutes. He was not rushed. He was not swinging, you know, and out of breath. He took his time. Round two, same thing. Pujols hit 15. He knew he only needed 16. Took his time, got it done. The finals, kind of the same thing. Rodriguez, who, you know, had the second most home runs ever hit in a home run derby. He hit 81. I think... Juan Gonzalez back in 1995 hit like 95 home runs. A crazy number. But Rodriguez hit 81, second most ever. 
but it wasn't enough in the finals. It all comes down to saving yourself a little bit. And Soto was able to take fewer swings because he had easier victories in the first two rounds. But it was it was great television. You had two you had Pujols being just adored by all the other players that were there. That was great. It was a wonderful send-off for Major League Baseball to put him in the home run derby, say, look, we're not, we don't think you're going to win. Go out there and hit a couple home runs. Wave to the fans. It's a great send-off in your last year. And it was. Miguel Cabrera, who has been added to the all-star team, um, you know, I don't know if this is last year. He got his 3,000th hit this year. He was there as well. He wasn't in the derby, but he was there. It's a great send-off for him and Pujols uh, to be in the All-Star game. A great move by Major League Baseball. A great political move, I guess, or a um, feel-good move. Make the, make the fans fans of MLB. Um, but to have these two young studs at the end, oh, man. They're going to be there for a long time. And they tried to, to Buster only. Look, he's down there. He's interviewing the players. He sort of tries to get a little question into Soto after he wins it about turning down the contract we talked about yesterday, 15 years, $440 million. And to Juan Soto credit, he didn't get mad. He just said, well, I'm just kind of basking in the in the winning this, this little mini tournament here tonight. I'm having fun, and it's good to be here, blah, 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 without actually addressing the question. I thought it was a – Unnecessary question at that moment uh, because this is a exhibition where these guys donate their time. They come out. They don't have to play in the uh, home run derby. Soto decided to do it. He wins it. There's no reason to ask him an, a, a tough question at that point. This is this is not the forum for that. Put him in a press conference with a Washington Nationals logo up behind him on, on the podium, and then maybe you ask him then. Not right after he's done what he did. But it was great. It was fun. And now you got the All-Star game tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox. Um, the starting pitchers, uh, Clayton Kershaw will start for the National League. Dodger pitcher, okay, he's probably he's in his twilight a little bit, but he's having a great year. Sandy Alcantara of Miami I think should have been the starter, but it is what it is. Shane McClanahan of Tampa Bay will start for the American League. Here's an interesting part about this All-Star game tonight. If it's tied after nine innings, they don't go to extra innings. They have a mini home run derby to decide who wins. And remember, the winning team will be the host team in the World Series. They will have home field advantage in the World Series. If it's the American League, maybe the Yankees will have the home field advantage in the World Series. If the National League wins tonight, the Dodgers could have home field advantage in the World Series. So there is something tied to this. And uh, say, look, we're not going to play extra innings. We don't want to – what happens is you play extra innings and all of a sudden you're out of pitchers, right? Guys can't pitch. Guys won't pitch more than an inning, two at the most tonight. So you're going to have a home run derby. The National League would send out Pete Alonso of the Mets, Ronald Acuna of the Braves, and Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies. The American League would send out Julio Rodriguez, who hit 81 home runs last night of Seattle, Ty France of Seattle as well, and Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. Brian Snicker, the manager of the Braves, 
And Dusty Baker, manager of the Astros, they chose these three guys. They called them and said, would you be willing to do this if the game is tied after nine innings? They all agreed to do it. So that adds a little bit to it tonight if I hope it's tied after nine because I want to see a home run derby to determine who's going to be the host league in the uh, World Series. That sounds silly. Never thought it would come to this, but I think it'd be fun. First two batters tonight for the American League, by the way. Kershaw will face Shohei Otani of the Angels, who's 0 for 8 career against Kershaw, six foot five, and then Aaron Judge, 6'7", 280, of the New York Yankees will be the second batter. I don't know if I want to start this game if I'm a pitcher. You know what? I'll pitch the second inning. I don't want to pitch to Otani and Judge. But that's what it's going to be tonight. So looking forward to it. Uh, I'm a big all-star guy. Look. I remember all-star games from the 70s and 80s. Those were great. Those were the all-star games. Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Cal Ripken, um, Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg. I love watching all-star games. This is a fun game tonight. There are a lot of talented guys on the field. Mike Trout's not going to play because he's got a bad back. Uh, Jose Altuve had a little knee tweak in the middle of the week. He's not going to play for Houston. But for the most part, the stars will be out tonight. The best players in the game are going to be there. Most of the guys have not turned it down or been injured. And really, they kind of don't turn it down anymore. Only if if you're injured or pitchers who have pitched on Saturday or Sunday, they won't pitch tonight even though they were selected. Justin Verlander, for example, could have been the American League starter. He's got 12 wins. Uh, he's got an ERA of under two, but he pitched Saturday, so he's kind of taking himself out of it. Thank you for the invite. I'll be there. I'll be in uniform, but I'm not going to pitch. Uh, the captain was great last night. I didn't. There are some things in this I didn't know, the Derek Jeter story. He was drafted sixth by his favorite team and his grandmother's, really his grandmother's favorite team. She was from Jersey by the New York Yankees as a high school player out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. I knew all of that. Here's what I didn't know. Detroit had the first pick of the draft that year. I think it was 92. Detroit had the the first pick. Kalamazoo kid. Can't miss prospect. Hal Neuhauser, a two-time MVP and a scout for Detroit for 30 years, told them to take Derek Jeter. They took Phil Nevin, a college player. Hal Neuhauser immediately quit his job as a scout for the Detroit Tigers. Basically, if you're not going to listen to me, why am I doing this? The Reds had the fifth pick. The scout that scouted Jeter told the Reds he's the next Barry Larkin. Get him. They took Jeffrey Hammonds, an outfielder, out of Stanford. The first five picks in the draft were college players. Derek Jeter got a call that's told him, hey, the first five picks are gone. You haven't been drafted. He thought he was going one to Detroit or five to to, uh, Cincinnati. Then the phone rang again. There's video of it. It's fantastic. Him answering the phone, being told, the New York Yankees drafted you with the sixth pick. His dad was over the moon. His mom, you can hear screaming in the background. His sister's hugging him. Uh, The only thing you can say about Derek Jeter, had a bad hairdo. It's a bad haircut in high school. Six-tool player. That six-tool is heart and attitude. So 
I'll talk more about it tomorrow. Tony Burke will join me in studio tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Yeah.